there's so many people that have helped me get to this point. Even though I paid the money, showed up, did my hard work in education and took action, even in on top of all that stuff, there's so many people that lent their hand that said, hey, do it this way. Hey, let me save you a cycle or two. Hey, let me help you. Right. Um, it's it's kind of hard to not want to do the same thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 256 of the Real Estate Rundown. Guys, this week, I've got the great opportunity of interviewing Abel Pachenko, and he and I are going to talk about how he at, at Five Talents Commercial Real Estate have invested $110 million into commercial real estate and went from eight doors to 800 doors in less than two years. You guys are going to figure out in this episode how to go, what the difference between an active and a passive investor is, what commercial real estate is, how to build wealth through commercial real estate, as well as preserve your wealth in commercial real estate. So you're not going to want to miss my interview here with my man, Abel. So stay tuned, because if you're looking to figure out what the difference is between being an active investor and a passive investor, he's going to lay that knowledge on you. And if you're looking to know more about commercial real estate, you are not going to want to miss this episode of the commercial real estate in the Real Estate Rundown. So stay tuned. Welcome to the RobNet Real Estate Rundown podcast, where Shannon RobNet has handpicked industry experts to discuss all aspects of investing in the real estate world and seeks to help all real estate investors improve their education and their proven strategies to grow their real estate journeys. Now, here's your host. Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Estate Rundown. This is episode 256 and I'm super excited to have my buddy from Texas, Abel Pachenko on the show. Abel, how are you, man? I'm doing good, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm excited to uh, hang out. It was with you on your guys. podcast. It was such a blast. I had to have you on mine. But you know, it, we got everything got crazy, COVID, all that kind of stuff. How have you been? How have you been dealing with all that? Yeah, man, just been doing doing okay, uh, as best as possible, keeping a positive attitude, a lot of prayer, and uh, then looking at the best possible things and outcomes. Um, I was talking, actually talking to my wife the other day and our kids are running around like crazy. So that I have a three-year-old and my one is going to be a two-year-old pretty soon in the next couple of months. Wow. And they were running around, they had food all over their, their hands and they're getting everything dirty. And my one-year-old's pulling the three-year-old's hair and it's going nuts. Right. And, and we're I'm looking at each other and I go, Man, it's, it's just, uh, this compared to the alternative, not having them or being in a situation where, you know, they, they weren't driving as nutty in, inside the house. I'll take this. I'll take that any day of the week. So I'm like, bet. Well, it is what it is, man. You bet. Like they say, first world problems. Well, hey, man, let me get a, a little bit more of an introduction here on you. You're a Texas native. You're a real estate entrepreneur. You've got a proven track record of repositioning properties, delivering quality renovated housing options to the market and delivering it consistently with investment returns to your partners that are at or above projections. You've also got experience uh, acquiring distressed properties, managing the renovations, raising private capital, and managing both single and multifamily investment. But that's not where you started life. Where did you start out life? You didn't grow up real estate like I did. Where did you start life? Yeah, it was. Uh, so I grew up in Corpus Christi uh, near the beach. I wore sandals and, and shorts all the time. Uh, just is bumming around town. I love it. 
And, uh, you know, I, I spent some time with my family. My dad was the first real estate investor that I knew. We moved out of our two, it was a two bedroom house. Uh, and there was, you know, the, the family there, we moved out into a nicer neighborhood. My dad got a nice job kind of for all intents and purposes. We grew up, uh, in a lower income and then went to m- middle, you know, uh, middle income family. Right. So nicer house. And I remember going back to the first one and my dad would pick up rents. We'd go over there once a month and I'd come along with him Saturday, say hi to the renters and then we'd get our, our, uh, he'd get his check. And I remember like, he'd treat me to a burger or something. And at the same time, he would show me those little lessons. So that was the first real estate investor that I knew was my dad. And uh, throughout the years, we would would go do that. And he'd kind of tell me what was what. He never got past that first house. But uh, I, I kind of, you know, something was planted inside me like, this is pretty cool. We need to go do that. And uh, it, it laid dormant for a while. I went to UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, in San Antonio from Corpus. So I moved there. And, and then I started working in tech for a lot of years. So I was an IT director, sales director uh, for uh, probably about a 60-person uh, organization. We had six or seven sales managers. Everyone had a good number of salespeople under them. And I grew up in sales, sales tech, and just worked with a lot of great companies, big logos, big names. You'd recognize all the banks, all the uh, fitness uh, companies, all of the different e-commerce brands that we served in IT hosting. And throughout those years, I, being a sales guy, it was you made money when you sold. If you didn't sell, you lost half of your commission right away. And I realized if I didn't put any of this money away, then I'm going to have to work every day of my life. And there was no retirement. I kind of fed 401k a little bit. Like everyone told me, you know, right out of college, I got, got to go do that. But so that's kind of what started my, uh, my journey in investing. And, you know, that's pretty much it. You know, just an average Joe, average guy uh, family, kids and married. And, uh, I serve in my church. I, you know, sold Cutco knives. That was kind of a fun one out of college. And all of those things, you know, kind of led up to, you know, me putting some money aside. So I, let me, I can pause there, but that's a little bit about my pre real estate stuff. Well, you know, and it's funny. So I say that we, we are not, uh, I said, we weren't quite that alike, but man, we really are alike. I mean, my dad was the first investor I knew, right? I mean, my, Mm -hmm. my dad was a builder developer. My mom was a real estate agent. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. So we both had fathers that collected rent, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, And, and um, I I went, I actually, most, a lot of people don't know this. I actually went to college for a semester. Once and I was going to be in computer information systems, but, hey. but I had to go to college. I didn't realize that part. Yeah. That was part of the deal. You had to actually show up and take the classes. I just signed <laughs> up. Uh, I was there. Uh, you know, I said, hi, you know, I, I asked when the diplomas were handed out, you know, just the basic stuff like that. You, you got to yeah. know. And then I realized college wasn't for me. So we, we had actually a lot more in common. I just didn't get uh, didn't get to work in the corporate world. Uh, mm-hmm. I went from there and just said, you know what, I can I can go out on my own. But but from there, man, you, uh, I mean, you, you realize the value of, of real estate. You, you didn't just leave tech cold Turkey. I mean, what, what yeah. was your, what was your journey and where'd you go? Yeah. Yeah. From, so essentially, uh, doing the sales gigs, 
Uh, I spent six years selling knives during college. I sold knives in home presentation, right? And I, I was, I figured out the harder I worked, the more money that I made. That's why I like sales. IT hosting right afterwards for 13 years. The harder I worked, the more that I made. Uh, it was right around 2008, and uh, uh, similar to many other people's journeys, I hear the the book "Rich Dad Poor Dad." Robert Kiyosaki. I read the book and around that time I was mid twenties and it talked about how to generate, uh, in income from your assets and moving down from, uh, working or trading time for money to having investments that created uh, money. And I, you know, bought, bought the book, read it hook, line and sinker. I'm in, I need to figure out how to get out of this rat race. Uh, what I did was I, I took that and I started investing in real estate. So that was 2008. We bought our first single family house. And uh, the way I kind of got there, I remember I'm in this big boardroom at you know, uh, Rackspace was the company that I worked for the at 10 years there. And it was a hundred million dollar company when I first started 06. And there was about 600 employees. And that company grew to 6,000 employees and went from 100 million to a couple billion. And in my run there, in my organization, I had a, you know, as an individual, I had a probably five-ish million dollar quota. And then we did really well the number of years. I left the gig at a $57 million a year quota. So it was a, it was 10X. And when we did that, the last couple of years, I'm sitting in this big boardroom and the VP of finance, the VP of sales, my operational guys are sitting around this boardroom and we're talking and everyone's congratulating me on how amazing of a job we did. You guys crushed it. You doubled the numbers. You did amazing. And they're kind of laughing, giggling. I'm like, man, thanks a lot. And not, not, not only that, they go, you, but you know what you won? And I was like, what? you won a higher quota next year. <laughs> and they kind of chuckle and they're chuckling. And I'm like at the heart of this table. And I'm like, I'm about to break at this moment because I had just like the most grueling freaking year to get the, the results of two X and they're going to raise my quota two X. And I knew what that meant because the year before it happened, which is I produced way more results way more millions of dollars, but with a fractional increase of my pay and a much harder role. So it was like never ending cycle. And this, this, uh, you know, 10 years of sales commission, zero to hero, we would say is ultimately the last kicker that I go, you know, I need to figure out how to do something different. And I was buying single family houses up until that point. Uh, but just, you know, it wasn't fast enough. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't going to help me hit my target to get out of this rat race uh, soon enough. And that's how I found when I found commercial real estate investing. So we can, you know, I can dig into the single family or head to the commercial. It's whichever well, you know, it, would be more interested. It, in. It's funny you say that because, you know, that's so corporate, right? I mean, it's just over broke, right? That's what your J-O-B is. It's just over broke, just right? Over it's broke. just enough that, you know, and what they're hoping I had this conversation with my son the other day. He's 25 years old. He's never going to live cheaper in his life, right? Every decision that he makes today is like putting a bill in a backpack, right? Putting a bill in a backpack. 
and it keeps adding up. And what they're hoping is in the corporate world that you are so laden down with that backpack and you're so terrified of missing a payment that you just knuckle down and you say, yes, sir, I will. And you go back to work and you go back to your cubicle and they grind you until there's nothing left. Mm -hmm. And then they get the guy beneath you and then they get the guy beneath him. Right. And, and it's so funny because I never had that corporate experience, but I hear stories like yours all the time about what corporate was really like. And I look at that and I go, man, how did it get there? You know, how did you get there? And I look at, you know, everybody starts out with this fantastic thing and, and life is good because the money is consistent. And I go, oh, well, I could get that because I've never had consistent money in my life. Right. I mean, being in the building and development space, right. You never know. Am I going to be eating steak or hamburger? Right. You know, and so. But, but, you know, they, they get that, right? You, you get that way, and that's where corporate lures you in. But, you know, the foray into commercial real estate is really where a lot of people start in, in single family. You know, they, they, they cut their teeth on single family, whether it's wholesale and fix and flip, you know, all different kinds of varieties. And those are all great ways to do it. But, but you, you took the, the turn into that larger space, right? Mm-hmm. And you've scaled up. And you've, you've done that through many different things not all on your own. And this is the part that I think is so important because there's so much that the multifamily space offers that the single family doesn't necessarily offer, right? There's so much camaraderie. There's so much teamwork in the multifamily space. It's almost ridiculous, right? It's almost impossible to fail in the multifamily space because of the teamwork. And I know that you took advantage of that. You have now become that, you know, mentee to mentor, right? in that role. So take us down that path and show us how you came into that as this, you know, fledgling investor, you got some single family experience and boom, you run right into the world of of multifamily and commercial real estate. And you go from there to 800 doors, which is not a small feat. Yeah. Well, yes, let's break it down. So this is all a good thoughts. I think where you're coming from, um, hopefully some, somebody's resonating with one of these things and decides to take action it was originally um, 10 years investing in single family with me and my wife alone. And we would save up 35, 40 grand and we'd buy a house. Then it took a few more years, two or three years to get the second one, two or three more, the second one. And then over that time, six or seven years later, you make more in the corporate world. She's working. She's making more in the corporate world. It turned from us being the 26-year-old, 25-year-old, 22-year-old kids to now we're in our 30s and we're making more so we could buy more houses faster. And after 10 years, we had eight houses. And I looked the first time we did our personal financial statement, which I had never done that before. I think I was- Isn't that a big step? Yeah. I was that makes the, you feel like a grown up investor. Son of a gun. It was, you know, it was mid thirties. Right. And I do this personal financial statement, which takes all of your assets minus all of your liabilities, all of the really, or the real assets, what I right. thought things were assets in my portfolio. They were now they were not. And then I figure out, Oh, this is really an asset minus the liability. Here's all my pluses, all my minuses, all my credit card debt, all my student loans, all the stuff that I hadn't paid off at the time. And I looked and I go, man, I'm, I'm on my way. I bet I'm going to, I'm going to be an amazing, I'm a, a millionaire. I've got eight houses. And I was the guy in my circle that everyone would ask the real estate questions because no one else around me had eight houses. Right. So right. they'd come to me and ask me and I would figure it out. Oh, this is what you need to do. Sound like a pro you invest your money. And here's how I did. Well, I looked at this asset. I go, man, 
I'm not even a quarter. I don't even have a quarter million dollars. Like I'm not 250k of net worth after all of these years. And uh, I had heard that saying that you know the many of the world's millionaires are created by real estate. And what what I had was the right vision from 2008 when I read that book. I just didn't have the right vehicle uh, to kind of go put my money to work and to go grind in. So that's what led me down the path of, well, I know I got to get out of the corporate world. I knew I had to invest in real estate, but something's wrong. You know, I can't be doing something for 10 years and not be at a million bucks. I'm, something's wrong. And I started taking education courses hired mentors, hired coaches, a series of them. And I can definitely break, go down this path, but uh, at a high level, uh, I signed, you know, my sister take me to a weekend real estate thing. At the end of the weekend, I'm spending 20 grand and I'm taking courses for a year and traveling all over the country. And then that led me to a second course and I paid even more money and, and learned commercial real estate in all different aspects, not only multifamily, which I invest in today, but retail and development and uh, a warehouse and uh, all of the different types of things we're raising capital syndications JV so I learned all that signed up with another course and I started learning about corporate structures oh there's a there's a way you can make a bunch of money but if you don't figure out a way to keep it with a corporation active income going into a corp and you're holding entities and setting up a corporate structure and I le- you know learned all of that as another class and then uh, we went to some raising capital courses anyways, Two years later, many multiple uh, programs, thousands of, of uh, dollars spent, hundreds of hours of courses and classwork. And what during that time, as opposed to not taking action, I was already buying houses, so I was used to signing on the line. Uh, what I ended up doing was learning about self-directed IRAs. I took my 401k money from work. I left one job to another job. Well, that, that freed up my corporate 401k. So instead of redirecting it into another Chase or Wells Fargo or another entity, I put it into a self-directed IRA. And for those that are listening are passive investors, this is a great way for me to get in the game, having doors under my belt of ownership, but my lifestyle didn't have to change because I didn't have to save up another 50K cash. I just redirected what I already had. And yeah. the, the logic for me was simple. I go, well, it's it's not my 401k at that point was not doubling every five to six years without me feeding it. So I put in a vehicle that was, it was my first multifamily syndication that was 124 doors uh, as a 128 as a passive investor. Then I did it again, uh, 282 units as a passive investor. So limited partner, passive investor, just put some money in. I get some good returns. I get to see what's going on monthly, uh, month the monthly reports, the strategy, and I'm asking all the questions along the way, taking all the classes along the way, and telling everybody what I did. So I was telling my friends, telling my family, and though as I was talking about it, that's really what enabled me to start uh, putting or raising capital from other people around me that wanted to do the same thing. So anyways, uh, it, it was that it was, you know, corporate 401k self-directed become a passive investor first. And as I did that, then we started having enough knowledge. So I was earning while I was learning. And then I started with my first active investment. 
So let me uh, kind of break into that. But before we go to the active so, side, does that, is that helpful on that? Yeah, At least so, the so basically side. what you're saying, Abel, is that you are absolutely 100% inequivocally an overnight success that took 10 years, mm -hmm. right? It was, a, it was an overnight success. I started in 2008. <laughs> Yeah. Overnight. So what I, what I'm, what I'm saying is a lot of people look at this and they go, man, real estate's easy. Real estate's the game. And it is, and it can be right. And it should be. There's so many tax advantages, of real estate. Of course there are, but it's not like you just walk in the front door and everybody comes running up going, Oh, look at what you've won. You've got this, you've got this. Yeah. There's all of this study and there's all of this journey that goes into that. And meanwhile, you're, I mean, it's, it's like the person that's getting their MBA at night. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to these classes and these courses nights and weekends and you're doing all this other stuff and you've still got a wife and kids. Right. You still got other stuff going on. Yeah. And that is what I, I think a lot of people fail to hear in the message of real estate, especially today. You know, that message was pretty prevalent in 13 and 14. Right. Real estate's work. Now yeah. everybody's like, oh, real estate. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't believe you don't know about real estate. Yeah, I do. I do. I've been doing it for 27 years and it doesn't get any easier. It's still the same number of steps, right? The process is not as hard, but it's still the same number. And I think that's really important. And I, and I really want to thank you for laying your story out here in clarity of what people can expect in that whole process that you had to get educated and that education wasn't free. It wasn't like you, you know, you bought somebody's magic sauce and it worked. There was one spreadsheet that fit everything and you instantly knew how to do it. And, and you just flipped open the yellow pages. For those of you listening to my podcast, I don't know what the yellow pages are. It's an old fashioned thing that's in a telephone book. Anyway, Google it. You can figure out all about it. But the reality is at the end of the day, you spend all this time and energy to educate yourself to become that investor, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really where I believe the, the fire tempers you, right? And the fire, yeah. that's where a lot of people never make it as far as you have. I mean, there's a lot to be said. And I, and I mean that in a very complimentary way that after 10 years, since so after 2008 to 2018, you became an overnight success in real estate because you stuck with it. And I think that the, a lot of things that people miss is those that are successful in real estate to the level that you are. The only real difference between them and the people that aren't is the tenacity, is the work ethic, is the grind. You know, all the things that you hear about NBA players having or NFL players having or really top level corporate officials having that you have, right? That you have tempered over time and you built that. So not taking anything away from that, uh, that that is able that is a fantastic resume to have that it didn't come easy mm -hmm. and it didn't come cheap. But after 10 years, 15 years of work in this real estate game, you've finally gotten to a place where you're absolutely definitely a professional. You're definitely crushing it. You're definitely making money with it. And you're in a position now to turn around and hand that knowledge out yeah. to other people and transition from the mentee to the mentor. And that's the other thing that I love about commercial real estate is you can find people that have made the kind of things happen that you have in your life and are willing to turn that around and hand that back out. Yeah. Willing to yeah. go to somebody else and go, Hey, well, let me show you a little shortcut here. Right. Let me, let me help you. Let me help you shave a year or two off of that track time. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so then you started seeing where you got you could be involved in, in syndication. I mean, take a minute and break down what syndication is for our listeners. 
so nobody gets lost in the terminology here. But yeah. what is a syndication? What are the different parts of it? And how do you get involved with that? Yep. Okay. Very good. So at a, at a high level, a syndication is a syndicate of many multiple investors. They all pull their talents and resources together, time, money, effort, energy, and they go work together to buy something that they wouldn't have been able to buy on their own. So to simplify it, there's a bunch of legal jargon and there's a bunch of terms and I'll, I'll give you a couple, but we're pulling a group of people that all want to go buy a new development, just like the ones that you build or multifamily property. But as an individual, I didn't have a $3 million down payment on a $10 million building. So what we do is we pull the time, effort, energy, and talents and resources together and we all put, put our money in and there might be 25 or 30 of us in a syndication in a syndicate. And in that syndicate, uh, we're just buying something bigger than what we would have been able to buy uh, on our own. And then uh, the SEC gets involved. So you hear the SEC syndication or a regulation D 506 B versus a 506 C. Uh, you can Google those terms. You can Google accredited investor, non-accredited investor, sophisticated investor, but at a high level, the SEC gets involved because anytime you pull a, uh, a bunch of people together in pursuit of profit, where you have one or two or you know a few people as a management team making the decisions, and other people are essentially removed from the decision-making process, everybody's trying to make money, they call that a security. And the SEC says, if you do a security, you need to register with us. And they don't want anybody to get burned. So that's right. what happens. And when they go public, that's when you see a public offering. They went to the SEC, they registered, here's my security, I'm going to go public. Well, what they do for the small guy or small gal, small team, is they say, oh, you want to do the same thing, but you're not going to go public, you'll go private. And so they create a private placement for us. They give us an exemption to the security process. They say, follow these rules and you all, you know, 5, 10, 30 of y'all, however many people are going to be in that deal can go buy a deal as long as you register for an exemption. And that's what happens. So really a syndication is a partnership. Yeah. And you've got different, different pieces in the partnership as to who's doing the work, who's yep. just along for the ride, who's yep. getting a cut for doing the jobs that are involved. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty simple explanation. I love the way you break that down. So how do syndications and 800 doors work in your life, right? Yeah. I mean, how does that, how does that happen? So uh, even just think about the first two deals that we did was I took IRA money and I put it in someone else's deal. Other than me looking at the investment summary and signing the agreement, that's about as active or that's about as much work that I needed to do on this particular deal. I just needed to put my money in. And because I did that, I owned a part of the equity that's in that deal. And I was a literal partner on the operating agreement, on the, the legal docs. I'm a limited partner. Partnership, there's a K-1. So I'm a K-1 business owner as well. So the IRS says, oh, yep, you're an owner. And by the way, you're a partner. And in doing so, that began my quote unquote track record of ownership in 400 doors as the beginning. And what happened was I learned, oh, this is really cool. I want to put my money in again and again. My wife did 
her her money as well when she finally stayed home from work uh, we took her 401k and we started investing with that and directing it so we had a couple of those deals running and i i looked up you know at the amount of uh skill and education and expertise that the team the partnership the partners that knew what to find what to fund what to finance and then how to analyze an offer and go you know uh run the deal i go oh that's just a little bit more knowledge let me go get that knowledge and now i can put it together for ourselves and our team and i can become a general partner leading it and that's what we did so now i i basically just tell other people what i did as a passive investor and now I'm on the finding end. So I'm looking for the deals. I know how to now analyze them and underwrite them and see what's the right deal and how um, how much to offer and then how much rehab and what I'm going to go acquire. And we're pulling a team together, the lawyer, the accounting team, the property management team, who's going to asset management, who's going to do the construction of the rehab. And so you pull together, who's going to raise capital, who's going to do all the, the part of it, investor relations. And then we find the investors that come with us. And now we're putting together these new investment opportunities for others now to put their 401k or their self-directed IRA or their extra cash from a, you know, maybe they had a business that sold or they have a big cash event. Maybe they got out of one of their last multifamily deals that sold and now they don't, they don't want to pay taxes on it. So investors are looking for double digit returns a good tax benefit and uh, a place where I can invest my money securely and not lose it. And so we give that vehicle to others and they are our, our passive limited partner investors. And so we bought, uh, we bought our first, uh, my first deal as a principal was a uh, 120 units. It was three people as a general partner uh, partnership team. We were leading the deal and then we had 20 or 30. So passive investors the second deal was uh, 268 units, a little bit larger. Uh, we raised more capital. It was a larger general partnership team, probably six or more of us. And then we probably had more passive investors. It was an $8 million capital raise, which was pretty big. And uh, we did that. It was great. We did the first, uh, second one. Then we did a 120 units outside of Dallas. We did an 88 unit in McAllen. Texas. We did a 42 unit in Austin. We have a new development going at 150 plus doors. That's God willing breaking ground at the end of this year. And we started a fund. <laughs> it's a uh, fund yeah. number one last uh, that's just about to wrap up. It's a 506C deal. So even though we're, you know, I can talk about it now, uh, meaning I can advertise one of those SEC right. rules right. Uh, and we're about to start another fund. So it's uh, everything is built on top of the last step. Yeah. Like you mentioned, it just doesn't happen where you sign up for a program and pay 20 grand and they say, here's your portfolio. It's more right. like, here's the education. Now you got to go apply it. You got to learn Once more. Once you've applied it. And you just yeah, kind of keep adding on to each other, you know? Exactly. It's like standing on the edge of the, you know, you can see about 16 miles before the curvature of the earth happens, right? Mm -hmm. When you get down 16 miles, you can see 16 more, mm -hmm. you know? You can see 16 yeah. more. That's why my wife always tells me if I'd have known what I know now, I never would. And I said, I stopped yeah. her right there. I said, listen, honey, that's not on the table anymore. You already did. You done. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's the truth of the matter, right? You, you through this process. And this is what I keep saying about people. If they want to really know and really get involved with how do you get to where you're the guy tying up multi-million dollar properties, you got to yeah. start with being somebody else's limited partner. 
and asking the questions and showing up and saying, Hey, what does this mean? Why are we doing this? How can this fit in there? You know, not that you're the annoying kid that's asking all the questions, but you need to understand. And out of that, you build your knowledge base that you take to the next deal. Right. And out of that, you're going, Hey, I was driving down the street the other day and I saw this. What do y'all think? And you're bringing it back. I mean, when you, when you mentioned you, your first LP or your first GP deal, there was three of you. And then yeah. the next one, there was eight of you. Were, mm-hmm. were, were any of the three, the other two guys, were they, or gals, were they in the, in the second one with you? Yeah. Yeah. And the, that's my, how it gets lead, built. Myself. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then the same partners in the second one are some of the same partners in my fourth right? and fifth deal. Yeah. And, And that's how it works. You build on that. You grow that. And, you know, that's really, in my opinion, the fantastic part about the multifamily game. Right. Mm -hmm. And I call it a game because it is right. I mean, it's like Monopoly. It's like Monopoly. Yeah. I want to turn this. And and that's a game we can't play in my house, by the way, (laughs) because we got to do do a pat down. We got to make sure there's no brass knuckles. There's no, you know, (laughs) and still that doesn't work. But, uh, but I want to take that able and I want to focus. I mean, I, I I see what you've done with all this, but I want to focus finally in our last little segment here on what you're doing for that multifamily syndication group. Right. And I, and I use that term group broadly, but from, from what I can see, I mean, you've got, you're involved in, in, in speaking engagements. You've got a podcast. You've got a meetup. You're educating people on a consistent basis. You're mentoring. Yeah. I mean, take it, now you're in the position of having spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and countless years of your life getting this education. Why aren't you just sitting on it and, and holding it back and, and making everybody pay you why are you doing it the way that you're doing it? Yeah, I love that. That's a great question. Um, there's so many people that have helped me get to this point. Even though I paid the money, showed up, did my hard work in education and took action, even in on top of all that stuff, there's so many people that lent their hand that said, hey, do it this way. Hey, let me save you a cycle or two. Hey, let me help you. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to not want to do the same thing. And this didn't start with real estate for me. Actually, it was years ago. My, my dad shared with me some of the best, uh, best books and best leadership, uh, speakers that he, he was aware of at that time and folks like Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar. And if you haven't heard of those two names, they're old school names, go check them out. There's a ton of books, but there's this one from Zig Ziglar and one of the quotes is, you can have everything you want in life if you just help enough people get what they want in life. That's and right. As, as a salesperson, that applied very well to me because I was never the hard closing sales guy, the slimy dude. I, I always prided myself on, you know what? Let me just help everyone get what they want and I'm going to get what I want to. That was as an individual seller. Then as I led teams, I realized, oh, every one of my salespeople also has their dreams, desires, hopes, and wants. Let me find out what those were because an 18 or 20-year-old individual wanted to get a car, an apartment, maybe a nice watch in there somewhere. Uh, And the the married couple with kids, you know, was looking to take, uh, buy their second house or take a family vacation. They had different desires. But if I helped them get what they wanted... 
I wanted them to sell more. So I helped them get to their goal, figure out what they needed, and then put a plan together, a plan of action to go help them get it. Well, that led me to massive success in the professional career. As we talked about our 10X from 5 million to $57 million a year. So essentially I kind of applied that thinking just on a broader scale. If I can help enough people achieve financial freedom and give them the insight, education, knowledge, the path, the track record, I show them how to do that. Then ultimately I, I am getting, you know, uh, let's see, I don't know how to say selfishly or virtuous cycle is what I'm trying to create is I want those people to invest with me. I want them to say, Hey, Abel, thank you so much for the knowledge, the education, the content. Uh, when's your next deal? I want to invest with you. I want to, you know, invest with your opportunities and your, uh, partnerships. And, and actually that's what's, that's what's happening today. Is, I'll let you is, know uh, a little, a little side note, Abel, yeah. because I think what they're doing now, I don't have any facts on this, but I think what they're doing is they're looking at all the stuff that goes into a deal and all the work and all the effort, and they're gladly picking the passive part, right? They're saying, yeah, you know yeah. what? You know what? Thanks for teaching me all this stuff that I have to do. Now mm -hmm. I'm just going to – you've educated me enough that I'm, I'm smart enough to realize I'm going to pay you to do that, and I'm going to be the LP – and I'm going to let you go be the GP and do all the heavy lifting and, and meet with all the people and talk all the, the yeah. lingo and all that stuff. I'm just going to sit over here and drink my lemonade, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they I'm deserve it. They worked hard for their money. Their you know? money should now work hard for them. But yep. now they're looking at it going, you know what? Now I get to go golfing or whatever else they want to do for fun instead of having to go be what you are, right? Yeah. And that's the beauty of it too, is people through that education process are looking at it going, that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> want them calling me when the toilet plugs up. I don't yeah. want them calling me at all, except that, Hey, yeah. your checks here. You're going to come get it. You know? Yeah. So that's, I mean, I think that that's a phenomenal place to be in, in the giving back. I love that about what you're doing, you know, you, but if, if people want to catch up with you, where are they going to find your podcast? Where are you at in the worldwide spaces? I would say the easiest place, the one source, and I'll lay them all on you, but the best place is our website. Uh, go to uh, the number five, T, like tango, CRE.com, like Charlie Romeo Echo, or 5T Commercial Real Estate, CRE.com. And on that page, they can go to, uh, there's an education tab where we do a bunch of webinars all the time. We wrote an ebook. There's a free book for those that want to check it out or it's free for a certain, certain period of time. Anyways, um, there's an invest page. You can go check out and learn a little bit more about us. But yeah, well, today we're on, we have an Instagram team that helps us put the message out there on Insta. We have uh, an internal in-house team that helps us with LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and we have uh, Clubhouse, which I can't outsource at this moment. No, they haven't <laughs> and, uh, allowed that yet. Yeah, it's, it's chatting only kind of a audio yeah. chat yeah. social thing that's fun. But yeah, there's a bunch of different ways, but easiest way is get on our website and that'll awesome. lead you down the, down the path. Well, Abel, thanks for being with us today. And thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Real Estate Rundown. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the Real Estate Rundown on Podster. Podcaster, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast to get automatic updates. You'll also find us on Instagram and YouTube. We're hanging out with Abel, but we're not quite as popular. We're working on that. 
We, we'd love a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. But once again, Abel, I just want to thank you for dropping by and giving us all this wisdom, all this knowledge that only took you 20 years to accumulate. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You're, You're the fantastic, man. Uh, fantastic host. Anybody that's listening right now, you absolutely need to take advantage of Shannon's expertise, his guidance, his heart for helping others. Go connect to them. He is amazing. I'm super happy that I got into his world this year. So thanks I a lot. I appreciate Sean. your kind words, my friend. I can say all those things back to you. So guys, thanks for tuning in for another real estate rundown. We appreciate you. Go and be prosperous. 